Hey everyone, I'm Preeti. I'm Dan. Welcome back to Just On Our Way. We are traveling across the country with our one-year-old and our dog, and we are currently on our way to Calgary. It feels surreal to actually think we are going to be in Calgary today. Yeah, it's a long way from Southern Ontario. And Calgary's kind of been the place that we've, as we've been planning our full-timing journey, Calgary has kind of been such a landmark for us to get to Calgary by a specific date, I guess for a couple of reasons. Yeah, one reason is is work-related for me. Our company has their annual conference coming up next week in Denver, Colorado. So we needed to get to Calgary to be settled and near a major airport so that I can fly down to our CrowdRift conference for a couple of days. Yeah, we want to make sure we were kind of by a major city, settled in a campground so that I've got what I need while Dan's gone. And another exciting reason we decided to come to Calgary is we found a husband and wife team, Alan and Joanne, and they run a company called Bart Systems. And they specialize in building out interiors of vans, different rigs, by making custom cabinetry, drawer slides, really anything that you need to make an interior functional. And so, Dan, I don't know if you want to describe how you've been working on the road briefly. Sure. So I've been, I've been turning the, the Alu cab in the back of our truck into a makeshift office. It's worked really well so far. It has a standing desk. Uh, I use the Alu cab slide and aluminum table as sort of a table that I put in the back as well. We also have the propane Dickinson heater. So in the morning, turn on that heater if it's kind of cold out. And that's been working okay. Everything's kind of like ratchet strapped together to make sure. Everything is ratchet strapped together, yes. And what we've been dreaming of is really building out the Alu cap so it feels more like a living space. A space not just that's great as an office for doing work, but also a space for the family, uh, a space that will allow us to do weekend getaways and live out of the Alu cab for a couple of nights. And there's not a lot of Alu cabs in Canada or even in North America. It's a company out of South Africa. And so as I started to learn more about Alu cab and talk to the people who do these installs, different overlanding shops, everybody started to mention fart systems. Yeah, so we're, we're super excited to get out there, meet them. We are definitely going to do a whole episode, probably just on the alley cab, and building out the interior and BART systems. Yeah, the craftsmanship of what they do it, is really, really top notch. Yeah. And so we'll share more with you the design process, the build process, but very excited to see this build come to reality in Calgary. Yeah. So we actually just spent the night at another Harvest Host. I think we'll... We'll chat with you guys on this episode about our Harvest Host experience. But we actually are coming from Saskatoon, where we spent three nights. Three nights. Three nights. Saskatoon is not on the immediate path from Southern Ontario to Calgary, but it's just a dream of Dan's to go to Saskatoon. And the nice thing about Saskatoon is like, you have to go there. You have to go there with intention. They're not just like, you know, Regina along the typical Highway 1 highway everybody uses to cross the country. So we intentionally wanted to go from Winnipeg up to Saskatoon because 
things are happening in Saskatoon. Things the city are happening in Saskatoon. is really, really coming alive. There's a lot of interesting things going on there. Um, we found an RV park just on the outskirts of the city on the north end of Saskatoon. And it was a good home base for us for a couple of days. Yeah, it, it was kind of nice again to be at a campground or an RV park near the city. Saskatoon's not like a very, it's all relative, but you know, where we're coming from, it's not a super large city. We could drive across town in 20 to 30 minutes. So it was nice to be able to kind of access everything quickly. And I, I think we're kind of hitting shoulder season now because I would say the RV park was about half empty. So we were able to actually pick our site and get one along the back, just looking at the prairie fields with nothing else in sight. Yeah, the upside of having a site where you're just looking over the prairie fields with no trees around you is you get great starlight connection. Yes. The downside no is... The downside is those winds. It's so windy. It was so windy. I, I actually think, like, I think I got motion sickness from the trailer just rocking back and forth in the wind yeah constantly. it did it felt like you were sitting on a boat yeah it felt like i was on a boat and we went grocery shopping there that afternoon it was kind of nice to be like in a building <laughs> that wasn't moving but also the first night that we got there there was this amazing thunderstorm dan had to put Caden to bed so he missed most of it but the lightning was just like you could see it shooting across the sky and it was actually it's like there was just like random rain constantly that's not in the forecast. And I think, that, I don't know if that's just part of living in Saskatoon, but I took Caden to the park one day. It was supposed to be a clear day and it just started raining. And I looked around to see what the other parents were doing and no one left. So, <laughs> Yeah, I guess when, when the clouds are moving that fast, when you, you have days with that kind of wind, no one bothers to update the weather forecast for four minutes of rain and then another three minutes of rain but 30 I, minutes later. I also learned that the weather app I was using actually had a huge outage. So I thought Saskatoon just didn't get the weather. Just didn't get the weather. Yeah. <laughs> but it actually, there's a huge outage, so it was not. <laughs> I think that's a, another running joke that sometimes you're in places so small that the weather network just doesn't bother. <laughs> like, <laughs> We're not. You'll figure not it out. Yeah. But yeah, I, I enjoyed, you know, exploring Saskatoon with Caden. Again, it was such a short amount of time. I was trying to find things to take him to. And there was this amazing children's area that you could go to called the Wonder Hub. And... Some of the photos looked amazing. It looked super interactive, all sorts of displays. And of course, they're closed. And they were closed for like their week-long annual cleaning right when we were there. So we actually didn't get a chance to check it out, which was unfortunate. We heard good things about it from other people as well. But I did find like two parks to go to. And they didn't have swings, which was unfortunate but that's like all we look for now is like does the park have a baby swing I, I, yes I or actually no go on google maps i try to satellite view to see like that little structure sometimes people post photos of the park but yeah no swings um still really that one park i went to was super fun it had this castle that you could climb up and slide down and some really um other fun like spinning structures so that was fun the rv park we stayed at also had like it was a very sad playground. I would not let Caden touch the rusted play structure. <laughs> so yeah, I think that there wasn't a lot for us to do in that regard, but we made it. We made a good time of it anyway. It also it kind of felt like Google Maps was I don't know working against us a little bit. Like Preeti was looking up which parks to go to, and one of the parks had closed, 
but it was marked as closed because there was like a Ferris wheel and stuff next There's to carousel it. Carousel and a Ferris wheel that were closed for the season. And then the Wonder Hub had their hours updated, but it was we were we had to dig through their website to figure out what was really going on. Yeah, and then it turns out there was actually an amazing park, part of an indigenous center, like literally five minutes away from us that I didn't find when I first searched. And I mean, in hindsight, I literally drove across town to go to a park. Yeah. And I could have just gone there. I wonder how other people travel. Like for us, Google Maps is our kind of by far our primary form of information. It is. Beyond just directions when we're driving, like we're zooming in and searching and browsing the map at every destination we land in. And so, you know, we hope that the business owners or the city is kind of making sure that that information is up to date and relevant. Yeah. I don't know, at least for us, like that's our our first go-to. It is our first go-to. Oh, I also took Caden to his library for the first time, which is embarrassing to say that that was his first time going to a library, especially given my mom to work at a library. But... We found a library program for babies. And of course, we showed up like 15 to 20 minutes late and the door was closed. So I didn't want to interrupt and go in. But they had a whole children's area. They had books, they had toys and Legos and things like that. So there were like eight other children kind of playing with their parents there. And so we hung out there for maybe 30 minutes or so. And that was nice just to, I think libraries will be definitely a place we'll frequent a lot with him. In Saskatoon, as a city has really got a lot, a lot to offer. They have a lot of great chefs, world renowned chefs that actually they started, they grew up in Saskatoon and then they moved away, built out their careers in some of the biggest cities in the world. And many of these chefs are actually coming back to Saskatoon, kind of coming back home. And one of the reasons for that is the partnerships they can build with the farmers. So. When you hear the term farm to table, I mean, Saskatoon is the definition of farm to table. And a lot of these amazing cities in, in kind of the middle of Canada and the prairies, they, they are just by their very nature farm to table. And so if you're a chef, there's a big draw to be able, being able to partner with terrific, sustainably focused farmers in the regions and have the absolute freshest, most delicious ingredients coming to your restaurant. And so I think that is, that's something that I think Saskatoon has in spades. They also have this river that runs through Saskatoon and many decades ago, I don't remember how long ago, but I remember the year that, that the, the lands along this river were, were officially protected. It was so early. It just tells you someone had so much foresight to protect this beautiful land. And now there's no building allowed along the river. It's all just for, for recreation and wildlife. They've built like a new basketball court down in one area. And because that's all protected, you can kind of count on the fact that when you visit Saskatoon, you're going to be able to enjoy the beauty of that river that, that runs through, through the city. Yeah, it was neat to be able to drive up the river. And there's a couple of bridges that cross the river. And it's, it's, a, it's a really beautiful part of the town. So we spent last night at a harvest house. It's actually our third harvest house that we stayed at. And so far we've been, we've been loving the harvest house experience. Prior to this lifestyle of traveling, I think we enjoyed Airbnb a lot and kind of just being able to experience different places, get to know locals, stay in their homes. And so this kind of feels a little akin to that style of traveling. 
Yeah, it's you can kind of think of Harvest House as the Airbnb for folks who are traveling in a trailer, RV, or a van. And a lot of the hosts are farmers, vineyards, breweries. Yeah, distilleries. Yeah, that, that sort of thing. And instead of paying for every night that you stay, like on Airbnb, you pay a membership fee for the year and then you can stay at as many places as you want. Yeah, I think they have a few different plans for members. And I think we picked kind of the middle of the tier one. And depending on, you know, the different one that you pick, you get access to more places and more types of places to stay at. And then I think on the hosting side, if you're a host, what I think is fascinating is that they actually don't get directly paid for every stay that members make. Members are encouraged to make a purchase from their host and kind of support their business or, you know, whatever establishment that they're running. Yeah, so Harvest Host is, it's promoted to the hosts or the farmers or the business owners as a way to bring more people to your business, market your business kind of through their marketplace of members who are traveling like we are. And And I think the only financial piece they get back is I think they actually do get a free membership. So as a host, that then they can go stay at other... You can yeah, you can also travel. I think what I love most about our experiences is that they're fairly like private and remote stays where you, and we've got to meet the owners at each one. And it's kind of like a nice contrast from coming from maybe a busier campground or an RV park is to kind of just boondock for a night. So our first Harvest host was just outside of Winnipeg and we stayed at Stony Hill Farm. And um, it was a long weekend, so... We ended up meeting two other travelers that were staying on the farm as well, which was nice to kind of get to know some of your neighbors in this experience. And the host was really nice. She wasn't there when we arrived, but she let us walk around her whole property. She had two beautiful dogs that were farm dogs kind of, you know, came to greet us when we arrived. And um, I, you got a chance to actually meet with her, with her and check out her store. She happens to support a lot of the farmers in the region around Winnipeg with marketing and their their products, especially at the local farmers markets that are near Winnipeg when these farms are sometimes three or four hours away. And so she had a variety of goodies all grown locally. And I think our favorite thing that we bought there was the garlic and pepper linguine. Which is absolutely delicious. So tasty. Really, really fresh. Our second Harvest host was booked as a way for us to break up the long drive from Riding Mountain National Park up to Saskatoon. And we're so glad, looking back, so glad that we did that. Preeti found a Harvest host that was on a farm just off of the highway after you cross into Saskatchewan. And we turn down this gravel road. And after a couple of minutes, we arrive at these two farms, one on the left and one on the right. And our spot is on the right. And we were texting with the farmer, Gerald, and he came out to meet us. Gerald waved us over to where we can park right there on the land. And then he offered us electrical. Which is not common for a host to offer. Like, it's not expected for a host to offer electrical. So that was a real treat. Yeah, and it was just a standard standard house outlet, so not your 30 amp or 50 amp, but it still meant that we could run an induction stove, we could run a toaster and that sort of thing. So it was a nice, nice surprise. That's the way to put it. Nice surprise. So we got ourselves settled and Gerald went back inside 
we were just overwhelmed by how beautiful the land was as the sun was starting to set. And so when Gerald came back out, we asked him to be okay for us to put our drone up in the air and capture some great footage of the area. Well, we had our drone up, someone else came out. Turns out this was Gerald's cousin, Larry, who was over that night. Larry has also been farming in this area for 50 years and for generations of his family. Turns out Larry had bought himself a drone for a recent birthday and was an enthusiast himself. So we initially connected over drone technology and then just shared stories and heard about uh, Larry's experience farming over the last 50 years, where he grew up. He used to own the farm across the road. Yeah, he explained the crops that they grow, which was really neat to hear because as we're driving in, we see these beautiful fields and he's explaining which ones were canola and they farm wheat and oats. oats. And what were the ones for the cows? Alfalfa. So yeah, just tons of different crops. And so that made what was already a great evening even more special to be able to meet Gerald and Larry. You have to remember, we've just entered into a Canadian province that's known for its farming and its amazing food production. And so to spend the first night on a farm with our little boy, Caden, seeing these farmlands for the first time to meet the farmers was amazing. It's amazing. Beautiful sunset. The skies at night, just the amount of stars you can see. There is no light pollution out there. Gorgeous. And then the thing we've been doing is getting up at the crack of dawn because that's when Caden likes to get up. So also experiencing a beautiful sunrise. And I think it was kind of just the most serene way to experience Saskatchewan and have that experience out on a farm. I think that was the most starry night we've had on our journey so far. It really was. And then, yeah, last night we just spent the night uh, in Hannah, Alberta. So it's about two hours out of Calgary. And we stayed at the Roundhouse, which is one of the only few roundhouses left in a historic building. It was built in 1912. And they actually built this whole roundhouse for train engines, I think she said in like four months or just a few short months, which is a pretty impressive feat when you actually see the scale of the building. And at its peak, it could hold up to 15 engine cars in the bay. So you have when you enter this area, you get to see the beautiful structure. You go around behind the building and you see the turntable where the engines used to be put on and moved around and moved into the building. And Maureen, who works for the Roundhouse Society, she's I think she has so many roles there. She's a secretary, she's a tour guide, she's a volunteer. But she took the time to give us a tour and just shared the rich history behind it, the people that made the building, and also some really funny stories about how the buildings changed over the years, how they actually had to raise the roof up because the engine cars got bigger and they needed more room. She'd point out different areas in the walls where you notice brickwork instead of the poured concrete. And that's because, uh, you know, a train engine accidentally went through that wall or accidentally went through the door so there's just so much different so many different stories and characters happen but when they're when you're dealing with train engines they're just bigger accidents they're they're, yeah (laughs) so they're working to raise funds and restore different areas of the building both to its original condition but also structurally to make sure it's sound and now today the building's actually used for different events like she mentioned people have their weddings there i think this past year they had two video shoots for music videos yeah. yeah. And so everyone was so friendly. We happened to actually come into town on the night of their indoor rodeo, which unfortunately we didn't get a chance to check out given the timing and Caden's bedtime. 
Yeah, it was so nice being welcomed by Maureen. And then she'd put together, you know, a, a, a tour. It was about 10 bucks a person. And she spent her time introducing us to the area, to the roundhouse, to the history. You can just tell how passionate she is about it. We met some other folks who have lived in the region for several years and heard their stories. And just how amazing it is to pull up with your trailer, be able to park on this beautiful historic site yeah, with train cars, with this historic roundhouse, with this reservoir of water, with yeah, it's yeah, pretty beavers and pelicans. And, uh, and again, just beautiful sunrise this morning and a lovely, lovely stay. So harvest hosts have served a couple different purposes for us. One is if you're unable to find a spot at a typical campground or RV park, or it's a long weekend, you didn't book far enough in advance, then Harvest Host is a great option. It can also be the perfect way to break up a really long drive day. Find a Harvest Host, and it's a quick way to be able to spend the night somewhere. But it's also just awesome. And so you don't need an excuse to stay to Harvest Host. Our experiences so far, at least these first three, have been amazing. And the people we've met have been amazing. And it's been a really, really a part of our journey so far. I would definitely encourage you to check out the map if you're interested in Harvest Host, because as Dan mentioned, there are not campgrounds and RV parks when you're doing that long leg between kind of two main cities or two attraction points. And so we've just been so pleasantly surprised with the number of places that we found that perfectly break up your journey. And I would say a couple other tips to keep in mind is because you're boondocking, it's a good idea to make sure you have what you need as you're leaving maybe a service site. So for us, we always make sure that we've dumped our tanks. We make sure we have enough fresh water to last us the stay. So sometimes, you know, we don't want to carry the weight of a full fresh tank. So we won't necessarily fill it up all the way, but we'll maybe do half a tank to make sure that we have enough to get through 24 hours. We make sure that everything we have is charged. So if we have laptops and things, any gear that we want to make sure is fully charged um, because we often don't have electrical. And then the last tip I have is your food prep. So think about how you're going to be cooking your meals, dinner that night, breakfast next morning, maybe lunch on the go, and just make sure that you have what you need to make those meals and not make too many dishes um, and not utilize too much water during that stay as well. So that's Harvest Host for us. We're really looking forward to staying at more as we continue our travels across the country. And the last thing I will say as we end this episode is that we just completed a good portion of our drive across the prairies. And we spoke to a number of people before we left and shared our journey with them. And the number of people that told us the drive across the prairies is boring, is flat, is don't go that way, you know, go through the U.S., And I am happy to say that I disagree. (laughs) I think that it has been, you know, just as beautiful as driving through some of the mountains leaving Ontario. It's just different. The the landscape, it is flat, um, but the colors of the field, the different greens, the different yellows that we saw. The sky, the sky is also beautiful. The skies are incredible. There's something amazing about being able to see around you when you come out of the Cadian Shield in northern Ontario and you can't see beyond the next hill, the rolling fields, the colors. Yeah, we've been so pleasantly surprised and it's been a beautiful part of our drive. 
Yeah. So just set your expectations accordingly. And I think you can really enjoy and make that drive as spectacular as you want it to be. We are just on our way toward Calgary. We actually decided to go south so that we could come up to Drumheller from um, the south side, which means that we are currently weaving along a beautiful river through the Badlands. It's really spectacular. We can't wait to share more of that with you next time. Thank you.